suicide game just yesterday It's made all that I learned The emptiness of life examined Hello out there and welcome to another episode of Things I've Learned While Learning Other Things. This is an attempt by me, Joe Moran, and my brother, J.S., to provide you with a series of interesting, informative, and we hope entertaining stories that will help you navigate those high seas of life. This episode we entitle... You sure about this, Captain? It's going to be an episodic, multi-part adventure in the story of the Pitcairn Islanders. Now, I embark upon this effort of sharing with you a story, a true story of sailors upon the high seas of life, real sailors upon the high seas of life. And these events that we'll describe took place more than two centuries ago, in 1789 to be precise. For perspective, in 1789, in France, the third estate had sworn the tennis court oath, and three weeks later, mad Frenchmen were storming the Bastille. Soon thereafter, mobs began chopping off thousands of heads, the Great Terror. In America, at the same time, the U.S. Constitution went into effect and the British government saw fit to ban the slave trade. But out there on the high seas of life, in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, events unfolded that may yet prove immortal. First mate Fletcher Christian aboard the English trading ship, the HMS Bounty, informed his stunned captain, William Bly. Well, I'm the captain now. Uh-oh. Many of you know the story, uh, though some of you may not. And it, and it doesn't really matter, for it's an evocative tale worthy of retelling. And I relate this story in my own way with reference to extraneous events and other insights that you may or may not find relevant to the basic story of that mutiny at sea and all that followed. But I, I find them interesting and formative and very entertaining. And I think these peripherals enrich the story. They add context and complexity to the basic tale and and make it live, so to speak. Now, you may, you may actually find these stories, uh, peripherals, mere digressions, orthogonal in nature, meaning that you find them diversions, unrelated to the fundamental argument under discussion, which is the mutiny on the bounty and all that followed. And and to that, I can only respond, well, wait a minute. Everything in life is interrelated. Nature is complex. It is in a state of criticality. No one can possibly know how seemingly unrelated, insignificant events impact outcomes. And it's only after occurrence that we do see the connections. And only then do we truly understand, ah, now I see. So this narrative will feature men, hard men, hardy men, 
with talent and skill, who were tough, brave beyond the mean, iron-willed, with powers of endurance and inured to a hardship the likes of which we cannot possibly imagine in the year 2022. Yet, these men were shod with feet of clay, and the shadow side of man will be revealed. They had a capacity to cause real harm. They had a meanness of spirit. It was evident in a predisposition for brutality and violence, sexual impulses so perverted it permitted and allowed kidnap, rape, incest, torture, mayhem, and murder. In utter isolation and the resulting madness, and enshrouded within the merciless nature of nature, these men provided us ugly insight into the human condition. Now, I don't think it had to come to this, but it did. And that's what what makes this bounty story a tragedy of Sophoclean proportion. I mean, who were these guys? What set them off? Were they mad? Whatever happened to them? Did the courts of justice ever get involved? Did justice prevail? I mean, how how bad were these guys? And as in a rock song from 200 years later would ask, how long has this been going on? So this series entitled, You Sure About This, Captain?, will cover the star-crossed 1788 to 1789 voyage of an English trading ship HMS Bounty under the captain, uh, the direction of one Captain William Bly and what happened thereafter. Destined for Tahiti and, thus, and, and then on to the West Indies. Things went wrong, and they went wrong early on, and in fact, they never got better. The bounty never did make the West Indies. And we'll detail the role played by a cruel Mother Nature. We'll discuss the skilled but tyrannical Captain Bly. We'll discuss the man who turned Bly's world upside down, first mate Fletcher Christian. We'll treat that critical moment where, whereas uh, Bob Dylan 200 years later would sing, things have changed, after which nothing, nothing could ever be the same. As the ancient Greek philosopher Heraclitus once wrote, you can never step in the same river twice. And Bly and his crew endured their perilous fate, and Christian and his crew subsequently, as Fleetwood Mac would later sing, would go their own way. And going their own way would mean that Fletcher Christian and the crew members loyal to his new command of the bounty would commit thereafter many, many a felonious act. And all that's in Act 1. And, and in Act 2, the focus will shift to the great 
escape, where Christian and crew, they got lost on purpose. The hunter and the hunted, predator and prey, crime and punishment. Meatloafs, I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that. It didn't apply to Fletcher Christian and his crew. They proved themselves able Marxists three decades before Karl Marx was even born by any means necessary. That was their philosophy. Ah, utopia. Well, in their utopia, lots of stuff would go wrong. That's act two. And in act three, that will dominate our focus. Um, And this is sensible in that as respects the story, it has lasted more than 200 years now. So in Act 3, which we've entitled, Hey, how did things work out for those guys? Is it true time heals all wounds? No, 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 not with these guys. That's Pitcairn Island and the Pitcairn Islanders for you. But before we explain why... Pitcairn Island is so pivotal pivotal to this tale. Let's first deal with the question, where the hell is Pitcairn Island? Well, stimulated for some obscure reason at this very moment. Um, By remembrance of the book, Where's Waldo? I think it's important to make absolutely clear just how inconceivably remote is Pitcairn Island. And to paraphrase ESPN's Chris Berman's famous cry, let's go to the videotape. I say, let's go to the Atlas. First of all, Pitcairn Island is real. It exists. It isn't Atlantis or some version of Fantasy Island. It's not Gilligan's Island, you know, Dobie Gillis, uh, Captain Anne, Mary Ann, and all that nonsense. No, It's real. It's not Bermuda, not Maui. uh, It's not the Canary Islands, Bora Bora, or Zanzibar. But what Pitcairn Island is, is a volcanic island, the smallest and most remote inhabited place on planet Earth. Its population in 2022, 47. Repeat, 47, making Pitcairn Island the least populated national jurisdiction in the world on a landmass totally just two square miles. Getting lost on Pitcairn Island is not possible, but getting drunk and falling off a cliff there is very doable. And such a dive is not survivable, but doable. And as we will see, it has been done before. And If you decide you want to get to Pitcairn Island, you really want to get there? As getting there from anywhere, as Ringo Starr, once a Beatle, told us in song about 200 years after the protagonist of this tale, Fletcher Christian, a fellow Englishman, by the way, got there. Getting to Pitcairn Island? You know it don't come easy. Relying on modern GPS, say Google Earth, Pitcairn Island's coordinates 
place it 1,350 miles south-southeast of Tahiti and 4,100 miles west of Panama. If you ever, ever find yourself on Easter Island, Pitcairn Island is 1,200 miles to the left. For you adventurous seafarers out there, from Tahiti, Pitcairn Island is 32 and a half hours sailing south by southeast. As I said, Pitcairn Island is out there, but it's practically nowhere. So with that established, um, let's make some progress in relating this storied event in history. In the first act, the main protagonists are going to be Captain William Bly and that first mate of his, Fletcher Christian. As for Bly, his, um, his leadership of the crew, his crew on the bounty will never, ever be mistaken as being of the caliber or nature as that demonstrated by Ernest Shackleton, captain of the Endurance, who successfully guided his men through a series of unforeseen but spectacular calamities of such life-threatening magnitude that survival appeared unimaginable. It was all over in Antarctica and on a freezing uh, freezing turbulent seas of the southern ocean, they made it. Shackleton led his men to safety. Miraculously, not one man, not one crew member died during the trials that lasted more than one year under the most vile of circumstances. And more than a century later, Shackleton's feet in the most in, in the harshest of environments is still considered truly astonishing, almost unbelievable. And inarguably, Shackleton remains one of, if not the greatest leader in recorded history. And should you ever find yourself in a dire, hopeless predicament facing an imminent utter destruction and death with no possibility of rescue. You see no way out. What you need to do is drop down on your knees and pray to your God or gods of your choice. Please, God, send me Shackleton. And God forbid your God or gods sends you Captain Bly. Bly is not your man, go with Shackleton. Well, Bly, however, was, was not a man without talent. Let us agree on that. And as the story that I will relate unfolds, this, this should become self-evident. The man had some skills. How he chose to lead his men uh, is what is relevant to the events that did occur that did unfold in the South Pacific. You know, skill is one thing. Character is an altogether different matter. And on an open ocean, seagoing vessel, the need for discipline 
is easily comprehended. You can't be screwing around in the middle of a storm. Tolerance for error, it's got to be necessarily almost non-existent because mistakes out there prove fatal. And with with that understood, um, Bly's Captain Bly's volatility of temperament, his volcanic temper and tendency to, you know, to discipline through punishment at minimum contributed to and most likely did provoke the infa- infamous incident in the South Pacific that we are in the midst of discussing today. And, and whether Captain Bly warranted the loyalty of Fletcher Christian and the Bounty crew is something that we'll, to use a shipping term, navigate. Obedience to authority on the open seas is expected of any ship at sea. Respect of the men for the captain, though, must be earned. Loyalty is a two-way street. And whether Bly deserved better is an argument that is now two centuries in the making. Protagonist number two in this tale is Bly's first mate, Fletcher Christian, who proved himself no tanto to his lone ranger. Before we're done, other figures will enter this story beyond just these two captains, and few will make you feel much better about being a member of the human race. I must offer a teaser alert. There are bad men out there, bad guys out there, pirates and worse. So this this is a chronicle that should most appeal to the philosophical school of pessimists. If you agree with Arthur Schopenhauer, Jeremy Bentham, Thomas Hobbes, that the fundamental nature of man is a life that is short, nasty, and brutish, and in need of a controlling authority, this story will not serve to surprise you. Even Nietzsche warned us, don't stare too long into the abyss, because the abyss will stare back unto you. And ultimately, we are left only with the malevolent story of the Pitcairn Islanders. The fate and action of these mutineers post-mutiny is what we will ultimately focus upon. But we'd be neglectful if we didn't mention what became of the unfortunate Captain Bly and the crew members who remained loyal to him. Let me conclude this opening session by giving the Man of the Match award to Fletcher Christian. He of the I'm the Captain Now moment and those who became the Pitcairn Islanders, the place, hope, and humanity went to die and did, or they would have wished they had. That will bring us to the end of this first part of You Sure About This, Captain? We hope you'll tune in to part two of You Sure About This, Captain? Have a good day. Bye-bye.
She knows that I'm in no 